Of all of the stories I've researched for church history, this is the craziest. I have to start with a huge warning for parents. This episode has a lot of adult content. I know that many of my listeners are homeschool families, and I love that. I try to not be graphic with the history stories that are dark and leave most of it to the imagination so younger audience members can learn without being traumatized too much. With this story, there is simply no way to tell the story without getting into some really dark stuff. So parents, maybe listen beforehand and make sure your child is ready to hear this. All right, we're talking about the Borgia family. The first member of the Borgia family to be part of the church leadership was Alphonse de Borgia. Alphonse was born in the kingdom of Valencia. He was from upper class and was professor of law at the university. Then the king of Aragon appointed him as a diplomat. He was gaining in power and prestige, and then he became a cardinal. In his old age, he was appointed as pope in 1455. He died just three years later. There was a lot of talk of how Alfonso had simply bought his way into position, and people were not happy about it. But his nephew? That was a whole new level of corruption that would leave a dark stain on the church and a part of church history most people don't want to talk about. Definitely not a hero of the faith. Rodrigo was born in the kingdom of Valencia. He went to law school and then his uncle appointed him as cardinal. There were many people who did not like this appointing. They saw this as people buying positions in the church. They called it simoning, after the Bible character who tried to buy the power to cast out demons. During this time, Rodrigo had a long affair with a married woman. He had four children with her and these were his favorite children. Not his only children. He had many affairs with many different women. Because of this, he had many children. When Rodrigo's uncle died, Rodrigo was appointed as Pope, and most people believed it was because of the money he gave to the church that gave him that position. In 1492, he became Pope and took the name Pope Alexander VI. For the rest of this episode, we're going to call him Alexander. This was the same year Christopher Columbus left on his first journey. Spain was in the middle of the Spanish Inquisition and had just kicked all the Jews out of Spain. So it was not really a great time in church history in general. His favorite children were Juan, Chevarara, and Lucrezia. His goal was to set up an empire for these children where they would be in power. Their family would rule the world. Alexander VI made his children leave their mother as soon as they were weaned, and they would be raised by him. They lived in the Vatican with him as prince or princess. Around this time, Christopher Columbus was returning from his first trip. He had found land, and the state of Portugal wanted him to stop from going on his second voyage. The reason was that Portugal had a treaty with Spain that did not allow Spain to travel towards Asia. Spain and Portugal came to Alexander VI, and it was up to him to decide if Columbus would be allowed to continue his travels. Alexander agreed to allow Columbus to continue. This shows that Alexander was much more than the head of the church. He was, in essence, the head of every non-Muslim country at that time. 
Even the New World, as it was discovered by Columbus, was being placed not only under Spain, but the church. Alexander's favorite child was his daughter, Lucrezia. They were very close, and Lucrezia wanted most of all to be loved by her father and did everything he wanted. By the time she was 13 years old, she'd already been promised to two different princes. Alexander wanted to use her to forge alliances with other states. At age 13, Lucrezia was married to Giovanna, a man twice her age. They did not meet until their wedding. The really creepy thing is that Alexander followed them into the marriage chamber and watched to make sure the marriage was consummated. He did have a sheet hung between him and the couple, you know, to make things less creepy. After the marriage, Alexander began to be very jealous of Giovanna's relationship with his daughter. He had Lucrezia be at work with him every day, and he would have her tell him all the details of their lovemaking. As his jealousy grew, he began to hate Giovanni, and one day told the couple he was dissolving their marriage. At this point, divorce is not allowed in the church, so that's a huge deal. There was only one way a divorce could happen, if the man was unable to have sex. So the Pope declared publicly that Giovanni was not capable of having sex, and therefore he was freeing his daughter from the marriage. Giovanni was not okay with this public humiliation, and called for a court to prove he was in fact capable. He would prove it by having sex publicly for all to witness. The Pope would not allow this court to happen. So Giovanni spilled the beans on everything he knew about the Pope. The number one thing was that he had been having a sexual relationship with his daughter for years. There was also corruption, bribes, and murder. Although many people believed Giovanni, nothing was done. The enemies of the Pope seemed to just die suddenly of illnesses, and there was theories of how this was being done. An historian from this time period wrote about a powder the family had invented that was tasteless, impossible to detect, and would poison someone and make them fall ill and die. There was also a theory at the time that Lucrezia had a ring with a needle in it that held poison, and just a tap on the shoulder or holding someone's hand could give them the poison and they would die in a few days. Giovanni loved art and paid for many of the art that was painted at this time. The bourgeois family loved art and paid for many of the art that was painted at this time. The bourgeois family was obsessed with sex and had lots of sex parties. The art they wanted was basically porn, and that's one reason why much of the art from this time period is so pornographic. Another important child was Cesare. Cesare was given tutors to help his study until he turned 12 years old. Then he was sent to study law and eventually theology at the University of Pisa. He became known as a very skilled and charming young man. He knew everything about war and politics. And he saw himself as the most important son of Alexander and an heir to the throne of the church. Alexander gave him a position of cardinal and he became one of the most powerful men in the world. However, he was not the oldest son, and when Pope Alexander decided to put an army together and attack the smaller Italian states and have them come under the control of the church, he put his older son, Juan, in charge. Cesare was very upset, and one night the two brothers left after a family meal together and were last seen walking the streets together. 
The next day, Juan's body was discovered in the water by a fisherman. It seemed pretty clear that he'd been murdered by his brother, but Pope Alexander refused to believe it. Instead, he gave Cesare all the honors his brother had once had. Now, Juan was married at this time and had three children, and many believed that one of his children was actually the child of his sister Lucretia, and that they had had an incestuous relationship. Around this time, a preacher named Savonarola was beginning to threaten the Pope. He was preaching out against the church and against the Pope and his family. Art was being burned that the family had paid for, and people were listening to this preacher. The Pope had the entire population of Florence, where Savarola was preaching, excommunicated and no longer able to take communion with the church. He then had his supporters stir up a mob and then had Savonarola beaten and killed. I did a whole episode on Savonarola last week, so to hear more of that story, check it out. Well, after some time, the Pope decided he wanted to merge his family with another powerful family. So he arranged a marriage between Lucrezia and Prince Alfonso of Aragon. Lucrezia didn't meet Alfonso until he arrived for the marriage. However, she was pleasantly surprised to find him handsome, kind, and very sweet-natured. He also was happy to find a beautiful, intelligent Lucrezia. The two were happy to be married, and their marriage was soon seen by everyone as the love story to gossip about, but in a good way. Lucrezia, now living with her family in a relationship with someone who loved her, she blossomed. She was so happy, and she soon found herself pregnant. Her life seemed perfect. Then, one day, a letter arrived. Pope Alexander had arranged a marriage for Cesare as well. This marriage was with a French princess named Charlotte, and this would make a powerful alliance with France. Alfonso's father was the king of Naples and a bitter enemy of the king of France. So Alfonso needed to be out of the family. Crancia knew what this meant, but she would not kill her husband. She loved him and was happy for possibly the first time in her life. She wrote to her father and begged for Alfonso to live. Alexander agreed to allow Alfonso to live, but the couple would need to come and live near him for protection. So the couple moved, and soon after she gave birth to a little boy. A few months later, Alfonso was attacked and stabbed in the back of the neck. He didn't die and was brought to the Pope for help. Lucrezia ran to see her husband. As she entered the room where Alfonso was lying in the blood-soaked bed, she fainted. Her father came to her and promised Alfonso would be okay. He had guards at the door and the best doctors. He would take care of him. Lucrezia, still trusting her father, left Alfonso in his care. The next morning, he was found dead. He had been strangled to death. In 1503, Pope Alexander died. Cesare didn't try to be the Pope, but he did buy the position for a friend of his, who he knew he could control. That became Pius III. However, just one month after he was declared Pope, he died. The new Pope became the Borgia family's biggest enemy. Four years after his father's death, Cesare also died. Cesare went to war against a man named Louis. He was a rebel against Cesare and was held up in a castle in Vienna. Cesare and his men surrounded the castle and attacked. 
Cesare died in the attack, and his attack was unsuccessful. Lucrezia was married again. Her third husband was named Alfonso. He was a duke. With the rest of her family dead, she lived her life in peace. However, her children kept dying in childbirth. She was heartbroken by the loss of so many children. In 1519, she gave birth to a little girl named Isabella Maria. It was a hard birth, and 10 days after her birth, both her and baby Isabella Maria died. They were buried together. That is the story of the Bourgeois family, the worst pope in church history, and perhaps the worst family in church history. Last week, I talked about Savonarola and how he was preaching. It was the time of Jesus Christ's return, and how he preached the Pope was the Antichrist. Now that we've looked at the life of this Pope, I can understand why Savonarola thought the Pope was the Antichrist. During this time of the Spanish Inquisition, the bourgeois family, and all the corruption, was God doing anything? Was he quiet at this time? In our next episode, we're going to show what God was doing, and the men who were following God during this time when it seemed like no one was following God. Until next time, if you want to hear my other podcasts or to watch videos, check out my website, lauraleesiemens.com. 